talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast Emergency Edition. I think our last one was an emergency edition as well. It's Dougie Peterson. Peterson the puppet was said, uh, shown his walking papers, the old PC Weiss. Got another one for you, another emergency edition of the Brother Love Podcast on Twitter, at Love Podcast. I am Joe O'Donnell. John Mita joins me as always. Johnny Mita, how you doing, brother? Doing well, Joe. You know, just uh, recovering from the old vid. Got the uh, struck with the old coronavirus. Just such a such a lovely gift that keeps on giving the world, you know? So other than yeah. that, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Well, glad to hear you're on the mend. Sorry to hear you uh, test positive, my friend. The good news is... Um, You'll be like Superman for about the next 90 days and do whatever you want. So, um, that's true. Anyway, I digress from that. The Eagles have fired a new head coach, uh, sort of out of left field. I've never, I've never heard of the guy, but, uh, he's Italian apparently. That is much of Philadelphia already excited. Nick Sirianni. Oh, yeah. Uh, What do you know about him? Uh, I don't know much. Um, No, I really know nothing about the guy. I know that he got on the Eagles' radar pretty late in the game. I think he secured an interview about, I don't know, three, four days ago. And all of a sudden, they loved him that much, Joe, and he became the man of Philadelphia. So I I look at it this way. Um, Excited for a new head coach. I kind of, you know, podcast, previous podcast, I said that I wanted to start over. The question is, you know, how's he going to build his uh, his coaching staff from here? I'm interested to see, you know, who makes the hiring of the defensive coordinator for 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 Coach Nick. Um, is that going to be something that he's going to do, or are we going to take a retread? Somebody within the organization, which we tend to do a lot, and I just think it's a complete failure to do it that way. But I'm not saying I, I would never promote from within with with some candidates, but. Sometimes I think you just need a fresh new change, a new start, and I'd like to see somebody different. But the, uh, the one thing is he's a 38-year-old guy. Um, I guess he's, he's from New York. Um, so everything that I've read on him, the good thing is he's got 10 years of coaching at the NFL level. I do like that. He's never been a head coach at this level. Uh, that could draw a red flag. That could be a little worrisome for people or have a mixed review. Um, I do like that he, he's coached in three different organizations. So he's been with the San Diego Chargers. He's been with the Kansas City Chiefs. And he spent the last three years with Frank the Third Reich, who, let's all face it, Carson loves Uncle Frank. So it's this guy, Disciple Frank, but he was the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, Frank Reich did most of the play-calling duties, but apparently um, – uh, Sirianni was very instrumental in getting their offense. I've seen some clips of him coaching. It sounds like he has good rapport with players. So, listen, I'm willing to give him a shot. I will say this. 
out of all the candidates left, I was kind of hoping Deuce was finally going to get the call. For some reason, he just gets stepped over. Um, It's kind of annoying. Um, But at the end of the day, I'm just glad it's not Josh McDaniels, I guess. I agree. I agree with that. And I'll add this to the Deuce thing. If Deuce Daly leaves the organization, whether it be this time around or next time around or if somebody plucks him away, and at some point – he goes on to become a good head coach or a great head coach in the National Football League. Consider me first in line uh, to to have the uh, pickets and the and the pitchforks. I mean, like, I'll just be I'll be rattled to say the least if Deuce Staley turns out to be somebody special from a coaching profession or a coordinator profession, and for us to have let him just kind of be in the backyard for all these years and never really give him an opportunity. I guess we don't know much about Sirianni and what his staff will look like since it's just sort of breaking news within the last couple of hours. Um, Sal Palantonio mentioned that maybe Dorsey and uh, John Dorsey, who's now with the Eagles staff, and and Nick Sirianni have a relationship uh, going back to their Kansas City days. Then I'm seeing some folks saying they didn't work together. So this is a name, again, that I don't think was on a lot of people's radars. I mean, I didn't remember reading – they have requested to interview him. So the Eagles did really good back channel work to keep this on the DL or they just had this name the whole time, you know, uh, that's a good they point. They didn't do as much due diligence. Maybe they just knew maybe Jeffrey Lurie or Howie Roseman or John Dorsey knew we make this move. Yeah. We're going to talk to some big names because we want to pick people's brains about the organization. But at the end of the day, if we can work it out with this guy and Frank Reich, you know, gives us the blessing that he is ready, we make this move. Um, I think it certainly now indicates that Carson Wentz is probably going to be around, right? That seems to be the general traction on Twitter and and on the interwebs is that he'll be a guy that will hopefully fix Carson Wentz. I also just watched a little clip, maybe one that you just watched on uh, him breaking down some film, meaning Sirianni, and and, uh, he – broke down a clip from the Super Bowl where Ertz scored the eventual game-winning touchdown. And he was talking about Trey Burton and Zach Ertz on the field at the same time and how he's excited for plays like that in Indianapolis because the Colts have two great tight ends. Now, this is a couple years ago, but does that mean that uh, a Zach Ertz could possibly come back because a coach like Sirianni values the 12 personnel in the two tight end formations? So, um, boy, just a lot to take in here. Uh, I'll give you a couple of numbers for our listeners here on the Brotherly Love Podcast. You know I love my stats, and I steal them from wherever I can, give credit when it's due. Uh, here is how Sirianni did in his first three seasons as offensive coordinator. Now, he wasn't calling plays, correct, for Frank Reich, but he was designing the offense, essentially. Sounds like it. Uh, their offensive rank, right, the DVOA, which is the analytical term, but basically this is – how your offense performed based on expectation. In 2018, they were 10th with Andrew Luck at quarterback. In 2019, they were 19th with Jacoby Brissett. In 2020, they were 12th with Phillip Rivers. So he's worked with three very different quarterbacks in three years in Indianapolis and has done pretty well offensively. The 19th ranking isn't great, but it's not terrible. And considering it's Jacoby Brissett, I think we can all understand why it probably wasn't better. The Colts also under Sirianni as offensive coordinator uh, allowed the second fewest sacks this past year, the ninth fewest in 2019, and the fewest sacks in the NFL in 2018. 
And Thomas R. Peterson giving uh, these stats on Twitter. Talked about him a lot, breaking down film and such. He's a great follow at Thomas RP93 on Twitter. But he said offensive line play, obviously a big part, but so is scheming and getting the timing of the quarterback right. And I couldn't agree with that anymore, right? Obviously, you need the talent, you need the personnel, but you got to scheme it up too sometimes. And you got to get your players to buy in and be ready to execute it. So, a couple of numbers there on, on what Sirianni has done with the Colts as their offensive coordinator. Obviously, a lot more to develop here over the next coming hours and, and days and weeks, but um, very interesting hire here. Again, like I, when his name, I start getting texts with his name popping up and thoughts on Sirianni. I'm like, who, I don't even know who we're referring to here, let alone the fact he's a new Eagles quarterback or a new Eagles head coach. Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, the, the thing that you fear, I think, with this type of hires, is this just another puppeteer yes-man? Or is this guy going to be a leader of men, right? Be able to get control of the locker room, earn the respect of the players. Are they going to want to fight for him, play hard for him? So it's going to be now, interesting. Let me ask you, John Mito, you think do you think puppet type because of just the lack of experience and his youth where – Oh my God! I'm getting an offer to head coaching job, so I'm going to take it. I don't care how much control I have. Is that is that what you're thinking? I mean, I'm thinking, yeah. The question is, it's it'll be interesting to see, like when he gets broken down at a press conference, is he going to make the coaching hires? It looks like Jeff Stoutland. Uh, the good news is Doug Boney Maroney took the uh, offensive line job at at the University of Alabama, so. There were rumors that Jeff Stoutland was going to go back to uh, back to the Crimson Tide, but um, but it looks like uh, that's not going to happen. And they, the Eagles blocked Dave Fipp from interviewing with the Detroit Lions, so looks like he might stay on as special teams coach. So, um, you know, who 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 is he going to hire? Uh, that, that's the biggest thing for me. So it looks like the Eagles hire, uh, interviewed him January 19th, so just two days ago, yeah. according to the Athletic. Right, exactly. So they must have had, obviously, an inkling this could have been the guy and then been pretty darn impressed, I would imagine, to make such a quick turnaround hire. Because, again, as far as I understand it, he wasn't interviewed by any of the other six teams looking for a head coach. Yeah. No, I mean, and, well, McDaniels had a 10-hour interview, but apparently it wasn't good enough, which I'm glad. So... Yeah, I wanted nothing to do with Josh McDaniels. Me neither. I just something about him just rubs me the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, rubs me the wrong way. Exactly. Well, he and also, ironically enough, well, go ahead. you know, had he taken the Colts job, yep. Frank Reich wouldn't have been able to leave. Reich hired Sirianni. So crazy how it all comes full circle, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of six degrees of separation, so to speak. I mean, what? I mean, what are your? I mean, who do you think he's going to hire as far as offensive coordinator? Do you think Deuce Staley even stays with the organization? I mean, at this point, well, maybe concern. maybe he just says, you know what, I'm done with this crap. I've been here. I paid my dues exactly. long enough. And maybe he just takes a year off, gets you know, and then waits for right. his next opportunity. I could totally see right. something like that. Or here's a, somebody also throw out. Maybe does he even just test the college ranks and maybe go try to make his bones in college? That'd be right. interesting as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he just said, okay, it's, it's been a good run. Yeah. Um, maybe he just says, given the uncertainty and, you know, what we hope is the tail end of this pandemic, but just the fact that there's still a lot of uncertainty with the league and 
some of the jobs have been filled, maybe just rides it out another year with the birds. There's a comfort level there. You don't have to worry about moving your family or any of that stuff. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that uh, Deuce has been around so long and seems to get really uh, Rodney Dangerfeld would tell you no respect. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, I mean, Dangerfield, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, just it's it's crazy that I love you know, watching. Him. I love watching him and coach. played and yes, and he's like yes. I mean, he's you fired up. He's, he's fired he's up. You hear him in the he's... the running back drills. I mean, he wears people out. I mean, I'll never forget yeah. when he was. You know, your boy Donnell Pumphrey was like fumbling the uh, ball in drills, and Deuce like he goes, "You keep dropping the ball like that." You're going to be on your way. And he's like, what do you mean on my way? He's like, your ass can be on the way to the airport. <laughs> Which well, I hey, thought was eventually was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. I mean, you know, he also coached. So what? Uh, Deuce was what? Coaching. He got his break in with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers from 04 to 06. Yep. And then you know, he's been here for forever. forever. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Well, more to come, certainly. Like, again, we don't have a lot of info on this guy. There's not, you know, there hasn't been a press conference yet. There hasn't been much of uh, anything other than sort of here's his background. Uh, I don't even think the Eagles have announced it formally yet. Um, so we'll see how it all shapes up. Uh, quickly, though, Johnny, mean, unless you got something else on, on this coaching hire, you want to talk about the AFC and NFC championship games this weekend and what you're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Um it's great. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it as much as I would love to see the Eagles in one of these matchups. Uh, didn't happen. I'm looking forward to happening in the future at some point. But, yeah, I mean, great game, right? I think I think we can all come to the conclusion that uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs were the two best teams in the AFC this year. Um, so it's nice to see that. Now, Mahomes is a little banged up. He kind of had like a nerve issue in his neck and kind of had, to me, it looked like he might have had a turf toe injury as well. Um, But it looks like he's going to find a way to go. And two, again, young, exciting quarterbacks going at it. And here's some more fodder to to add to the mix of this matchup is that people might forget that Sean McDermott was the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then he got jettisoned by Andy Reid. And then they moved Juan Castillo, who was the offensive line coach, to become the defensive coordinator. And Sean McDermott was the fall guy, which he didn't really get a chance. So I wonder if – I'm sure Coach McDermott and, and Andy Reid are still friends. But um, back in uh, – you can't tell me in the back of Sean McDermott's mind that he's not licking his chops to try to get this one and head to the Super Bowl over Big Red. So – that's going to be an interesting matchup. And if I think there's any team that can beat the Chiefs, um, Buffalo is certainly one of them. Um, so I think it's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely pulling for the Bills. Um, although I think Kansas City, I mean, let's face it, they have the firepower, they have the coaching, they have everything. They have the personnel on the table to repeat. Uh, it's been a long time since somebody's repeated. I guess the Patriots maybe in – I'm going to say oh four yeah right oh four oh five beat the Eagles yeah. oh okay yeah um I'll, I'll say this John Mita yeah Patrick Mahomes should not be playing in this game on Sunday I know that sports is a business I know that in sports athletes do things that they probably shouldn't from a safety standpoint they put their bodies at risk every single night 
in every single sport. So let's just get that out there. And I'm not trying to come off as a soft guy. Well, you are, Joe. But if you want to talk about this, if you want to talk about safety, Patrick Mahomes should not play Sunday. He suffered what from my from sitting on my couch. My humble opinion is that was a concussion that was bad enough for him to not return to that football game. I don't see how six days later, seven days later, that you can be that your brain is safe enough in a safe enough spot for you to go back out there and possibly take that. Now, I'm sorry, just interrupt you real quick. As much as I'm getting on you and just, you know, kind of playing devil's advocate, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that, you know, because head and safety injuries have been such a huge part of the discussion of the league and player safety over the last five years. And that movie that came out concussion and, you know, the, the people suffering from, you know, um, CTE and everything else going on. I think the NFL should make a mandatory rule. If you're out, get knocked out of a game for concussion protocol. And I think I might have said this on a previous podcast and in, in time passed, but I think you need to sit out at least one game. I, I, I do agree with you. Unless it's again, but who's the judge? You know, you, you clear these tests, yeah. but now you're more susceptible to concussions in the well, future. But I agree with you. Yes, a hundred percent. And listen. This, the last time I checked, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. So as much as you need to win another one or would love to win another one, Patrick Mahomes is your franchise quarterback. You have made a massive investment in him. Do you really risk the next five years of Mahomes' career to run him out there on Sunday? That's the way I would look at it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen what can happen to athletes if they sustain multiple concussions in a short time period. You sometimes have to miss a year of hockey or football, or baseball, or basketball, or you have to miss more than that, or your career is never the same, or your career comes to an end. There are countless examples across pro sports of mismanaged medical instances like this. And here's another thing that's just been bugging me, and this isn't just related to the Mahomes situation, but I see it all the time. A guy gets dinged, right? Whether they take him to the blue tent football or the quiet room in hockey, they have to go through that baseline protocol. They have to answer some questions. They have to do the, you know, left, right eye movement check with the doctors. They have to sit, you know, kind of uh, aside for 10, 15 minutes. And, but why do they run back to the locker room? <laughs> Lamar Jackson whipped his head off the turf in that game, okay, when the, when the Ravens played. He sprinted back to the locker room with a medical professional. Put that guy on a cart and take them back to the locker room. The last thing your brain needs when it's already been bounced around is to take a jog back to the locker room so you can try and get back there, pass the test, and get back on the field in eight minutes. And I don't, I can't play. I, I said something to a couple of athletic trainers, a strength coach and athletic trainer that I know very well recently about this, and they agreed. But yet there we are with NFL doctors or head trainers or independent neurologists, whoever the hell it was, running with Patrick Mahomes off the field Sunday after he clearly was concussed. He had Bambi legs. His eyes were glazed yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they didn't let him and back. Then they're run- and, then they're- and then they're running him back to the locker room. If the Chiefs were losing that game, Mahomes might have come back. Sure. So I just think it's risky on Sunday with the type of investment they have. You just won the damn Super Bowl. I would say, uh-huh. 
if 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 I was making the call. It'll never happen. He's gonna play. I don't know how well he's gonna play, but I just wanted to get that out on his side. It's just yeah. dangerous. Uh, I'm gonna take yeah. prediction. I'm gonna take the Bills okay. to. I'm gonna take the Bills to win ah, outright. Bad boy. And I am gonna take. I am gonna take the Packers to win by double digits. Ooh, I like it. And I will tell you that the only way the Packers do not win the game by double digits is if Leonard Fournette has some type of monster game and controls the clock for Tampa Bay, which is a possibility, and or the Packers get off to a slow start offensively, which I don't see happening. If the Packers jump out and and put up a couple of touchdowns, which they can do in waves, that game's over early. Uh, The Buccaneers are playing well. Don't get me wrong. They could win the game. But I think the Packers by double digits, I'd lay the points, and I'll take the Bills to win outright with or without Mahomes. That's the way I see this thing playing out. I think our Packers-Bills Super Bowl prediction from a few weeks back holds true. I like it. I like it. Um, Yeah, I think it's – I see the Bills winning this game. Uh, Like, I'm going to go – it's going to be a high contested – I'm going to go 37-31 Bills. And then in the Packers game, I think A-Rod gets his revenge. I mean, earlier this year, the the Bucs actually kicked the dog dirt. That game was in Tampa. It was pretty much Aaron Rodgers' worst game of the season. Thank you. Lost him in fantasy survival pool that week. That was fantastic. Thank you. Um, So I believe he gets his revenge. And I like like the Packers to win this one 31-17. On so it's Bills Packers Super Bowl 50. What are we up to? Four now? Up to 54, 55? Yep. What are we at? One of those numbers. Yeah. Well, the Eagles were 52. Yep. Rams, Patriots, 53. Yes. Yeah, so 55. 55. So. Yep. The double ah, nickel. The old double nickel. Uh, I like it. V- Villanova returned to the court. They got a win against the Paul. Yes. Sixers get Embiid back. He's looking like an MVP. Let's hope. Fly guys, uh, three and one. Got the bro crew tonight. So far, yeah. so good with some of the other teams that we like the to win- uh, pontificate exactly. about. The winter sports could, um, you know, the Sixers and the Flyers could make, uh, we could have some exciting postseason action. So, And the Sixers lead the Eastern Conference with their 10 and 5 record. Uh, just that's that. true. So and I would still, 10, 9, 8, 76. Those are keeping record at home. I would definitely still trade Ben Simmons. I don't care what anyone says. Um, Again, what I'm doing, if I'm the Sixers, I'm on the phone with the Washington Wizards and finding a way to get Bradley Beal to become a Sixer. Because if they can make that deal happen, then I think the Sixers would have a legitimate shot at taking out Milwaukee, even the Brooklyn Nets with James Harden, because that would be the firepower punch that they need. Because I think defensively. Give me give me the trade. Give me the trade. So the trade would be, this is what I'm cooking up. I'm giving up Matisse Thibel, Ben Simmons, two first round picks for Bradley Beal. So, so. Okay. And then your starting five. It was Beal. I'm Bede. going. And Maxi, yep. Beal, and Bede, Tobias Harris, and, you know, um, either Seth Green, CA, yeah, Curry or Green. Green. I'd yeah. probably lean towards, uh, I'd probably lean towards uh, bringing Curry off the bench. But, but then off the bench yeah. again. So you'd off, have, you'd have Curry and yeah. Milton. Curry and off Milton. The bench. Your guy Cork and Moss. You have uh, Dwight Howard. And so, yep. you, you'd be plenty. You get three, four good substitutes off the bench. You're still fine. So, 
Yeah, that's kind of what I would do, but All right. that's just me. So, I like it. You heard it first on the Brotherly Love podcast. Anything else, Johnny? Mean if we're rolling? No, I just and, uh, I mean, maybe take a week yeah. or so to enjoy some football exactly. and 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 take in this hiring before we come back. Exactly. I, I would just say everyone keep an open mind. I certainly am. I mean, we just uh, had a new president named, so I'm keeping an open mind for things to come and. Let's give this guy a chance. I mean, hopefully he brings in coaches that that can help get the job done. And the resurrection of Carson Wentz would be something nice to see. I mean, obviously, I think that was one of the prerequisites for the job interview. But he comes from from Frank Reich's system. I know their offense is one of the better in the league. So I'm just saying keep an open mind. And I hope to God they grab a good defensive coordinator off what tree. I don't know. The people that I like, they probably wouldn't be interested in, but just keeping an open mind for this upcoming year. That's all I could say. All right, brother. Good stuff as always. Continue to uh, to trend in the right direction there on no, the no men. Doubt. And uh, thanks for doing this on short, no, short order. As Nick Sirianni, new head coach of your Philadelphia Eagles, three years ago today, John Mita, three years ago today, the Eagles beat the Vikings in the NFC What, what a great game. day that was. I can remember it like it was yesterday, beside almost knocking myself out on a tree outside of the stadium before walking in. Well, I had a little bit of an issue, but other than that, it was fantastic. What a great night. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fly Eagles fly. Nick All right, go Flyers, go Flyers. Don't forget the boys are dropping the puck at 7 o'clock tonight, right, against the Bruins. Yeah, fly guys, 10-9-8-76ers. Nova's got a game this weekend. We'll, uh, we'll update you on right. all of it in the coming weeks on the Brother Love Podcast. For John Mita, I'm Joe Donald. Enjoy the championship games. Until next time, we'll see you.